Welcome to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of culture, current events, and politics through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to donate to save babies now. And now here are your hosts, Neil Boron, Bob Duco, Roger Marsh, and John Rush. Back for another week of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with all of the guys, Neil and Roger and John, myself, Bob. Guys, how are you? Doing well, Bob. Very good, are you? Bob. Thanks. Good. Always good catching up with you. So this week, uh, we're going to talk about uh, Christian activism, you know, the culture war. Uh, how do Christians respond when we're persecuted, attacked, censored, canceled, all that kind of stuff. And really what triggered it this week uh, is something going on in Colorado. Now, we've seen many times over the years that the typical kind of stuff where, oh, this department store is refusing to say Christmas, and so it's happy holidays or, you know, whatever, season's greetings, and then Christians get upset and say, okay, you know what, enough is enough. I'm not going to shop at that store if they're going to act like the word Christmas is a bad word. And, and we seem to be seeing more and more of this kind of stuff happening. Uh, we certainly see Christian uh, parents that, you know, they show up at school board meetings and they're like, hey, I don't want my five-year-old being taught gender confusion by some drag queen in kindergarten. Uh, what happens? The Department of Justice labels that parent a, quote, domestic terrorist. So we are seeing this more and more. But we got this situation situation in Colorado. Uh, this baseball team, the Rocky Mountain Vibes, have this a uh, family night event scheduled. Well, okay, great. And what's going to happen at family night? What's well, sponsored by some pro-life groups and these pro-like Save the Storks. Uh, Christian singer Matt Hammett uh, planning on coming out. He's a former lead singer for Sanctus Real, and he's going to sing. It's like, okay, great. Well, apparently, according to some reports, you had uh, some sponsors that were complaining about this. Oh, you know, we can't have those radical right-wing anti-abortion zealot extremists out here. It'll ruin the whole night. So Rocky Mountain Vibes apparently cancels family night. Uh, And so then the question becomes, how do we respond to this? So who better to clear this whole thing up for us than our resident man on the ground right there in Colorado? Of course, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. John, give us some background on this. What exactly has happened here with this whole Vibes controversy? So, Bob, you're correct on really everything that you just said, other than it was really one main sponsor, and they have the naming rights for the park that they play in, and that would be UC Health of Colorado, which has some loose ties to the University of Colorado. Uh, I don't want to get into all the background of how they you know, have come to be, but uh, they were the main ones. Now, the team has come out since and said, no, 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 this was 100% our decision. Not true, by the way. That is 100% false. I talked to the leaders of Save the Storks, which is the organization that we're talking about in, 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 that happened in Colorado. I interviewed them and uh, point being, he got a phone call about, I don't know, noon that day. They were supposed to be, you know, the, the sponsors and have that family night that evening. So about five, six hours prior to the event firing off, he got a phone call from the team. And specifically, the team told him, 
we have a sponsor that doesn't like the fact that you guys are pro-life. It doesn't go with what they, you know, what they feel they believe in, blah, blah, blah. Keep in mind, guys, too, there's something else I don't think the general public understands. This is not a huge team and they don't have huge attendance on any typical night there that they typically have any type of an event, which by the way, they've done events prior to this that we can get into as well, which I don't even think are, are what I would consider to be family friendly. They have about 1,200 or so people in attendance for those particular events. This one was going to have 3,000 to 3,500 in attendance, so it was very well received in the community. You could tell it was very much a community family event, and I, as far as I'm concerned, this this ball team lost out big time on, on the decision that they made. But guys, this is the, this is the world we live in now. All right, so, uh, so so it's it's clearly a case where this uh, UC Health are like uh, we don't like them being pro life, and so therefore, I mean, what were they? What were they? Were they threatening to pull their 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 sponsorship and funding from the the baseball team, or were they just pretty much being a complaining squeaky wheel, and so the vibes you know caved in. I'm guessing when you're the have the naming rights to the stadium, you've already invested a bunch of money as a sponsor, and your words, you know, mean a lot. Doesn't mean that they're going to pull anything for this year because they probably can't. But I'm sure what they're looking at is what happens down the road in the future. It's like any other, you know, large sponsorship that that individuals have. You know, and, and granted, we're no different. We know how this works in the radio world with sponsorships and so on. So the reality is, when you've got one of your main leading sponsors voicing a concern, of course you're going to pay attention. Now, as a team. How do you respond to that? I think that's what we need to talk about today, guys. Right. By the way, can I just say, I'll bet you that the executives at UC Health have made this decision. I'll bet you they have coexist bumper stickers on their car and tolerance is a virtue and all that kind of stuff. How <laughs> ironic. Well, it would not but, shock me. <laughs> yeah, well, all right. So uh, before we get into discussing how we respond to this, where do we stand as far as the, the, the facts of this thing going forward? When was the family night supposed to happen and is it completely dead now? It, it, oh, yeah, that was last Friday night. So the date right. of that, make sure I have my dates correct, that would have been the 26th of August. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's okay. it's gone and passed. It's a done deal. And a bunch of the families that were going to attend did ask for refunds. I don't know exactly how many asked and how many were provided for them. But yeah, they they essentially shut the thing down. It was no longer the night that they had scheduled on the front side. And Roger, I've heard, you know, you talk about some of this and even some of the events prior that they went ahead and did which, quite frankly, didn't have the attendance that this was going to have. This doubled their attendance, literally, actually more than doubled their attendance. Again, this is revenue that this team lost. Dumb decision on their part, by the way. It really is. And by the way, my understanding is that uh, Matt Hammett, the uh, former lead singer for Sanctus Real, that he was ready to board a plane. That, that, well, and he, yeah, and, he, and part of that is there's a connection there between Save the Storks. He actually serves on the board of Save the Storks, so they kind of have an in on that. And yes, he he was going to, yep, he was he was ready to to hop on and, and come to Colorado and, and do that event. And granted, he does some other events in Colorado and things for Save the Storks as well. But you know, bottom line, the event was canceled due to the fact that you know really, and again, publicly they're not saying this, but UC Health complained. And the team listened and responded and shut the event down for that night. All right. And to be clear, uh, Save the Storks wasn't planning any kind of protesting, activism, no. any kind no. of disruption. It was just a family like night all, to right? raise awareness for, 
you know, really for just for families in general. It had, had nothing to do with abortion or being anti-abortion or anything along those lines. I mean, Save the Storks, and, and we have a sponsor that's very similar to that that, Bob, you'll talk about in a few minutes. But, uh, you know, Save the Storks is very much a similar organization. They have buses that they run all around. They've got ultra, ultrasound machines on those buses. They're trying to educate, train, teach. They are never, ever, as, as all... Uh, family life centers that's what I call them by the way they're, they're all pro-family they're all um, you know giving the the mom and dad because they talk about that in in all of their their spots and the things they talk about is it's it's a mom and dad and sometimes it's just dad that they've got to overcome in, in some of the decision-making process and, and they talk about that very openly and they're very much you know just like us they're very pro-life pro-family but they're also not going to guilt a a lady or a girl or a woman into doing something that she doesn't want to do they're simply there to educate and give her all of the alternatives that by the way Planned Parenthood and the other side's not giving them. Oh, I know. Well, and, and I guess that's what's so frustrating about this is, is so much misinformation, the lies that are spread about these pro-life organizations. Now, in, in a minute, we are going to uh, get uh, Neil and Roger in on this because we want to kind of examine how as Christians we should be responding to this. But I, I do want to make sure and stress, folks, uh, these pro-life organizations like Save the Storks, like Preborn, like others, uh, they are being lied about, okay? These organizations are tremendous. What they do is they help women that want to let their babies live. That's all. They don't coerce anybody. They don't force anybody to do anything. And this is one of the reasons why. Those of you listening to this podcast, you know you hear us every day talking about preborn and asking you to financially support preborn to help save babies' lives. And you know you can do that right now. It's this simple. If you just go to crawfordmediagroup.net, that's crawfordmediagroup.net, you can click on the preborn tab and you can donate right there online. Uh, here's how it works, folks. Preborn is a great pro-life ministry. They've been working for a long time with pre with uh, pregnancy centers, pro-life pregnancy centers all across the country to show ultrasound images to expectant moms of their babies. And you see, when a woman sees an ultrasound image of her baby, you know she chooses life 80% of the time? Now, this is her decision, but don't you think people ought to make their decisions based on all of the evidence? See, Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry, they're trying to keep that woman from seeing an ultrasound image of her baby because they know they'll lose a sale. They'll lose an abortion if she sees that image. Preborn says, hey, let's let the woman decide, but let's let her see an image of her baby. But it takes money to do this, folks. On average, it takes $28 to save one baby's life to stop one abortion, $28. That's why we ask all of you listening right now, would you donate one time $280 to save 10 babies' lives? $280, 10 babies' lives. Hey, if you could do more, do $2,800 and save 100 babies' lives. But we're asking everybody to do at least 10 for $280. So go right now, crawfordmediagroup.net. Click on the Preborn tab, and you can donate right there. Also, you can donate over the phone. They answer the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So go ahead and call right now, 833-850-BABY. And don't forget, 100% of your donation goes directly to fund ultrasounds. Nothing for overhead. And it's a tax write-off, too. So uh, CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Preborn tab. 
talking right now about what's been happening in Colorado, this uh, this pro-life group, Save the Storks, sponsoring this family night event. But what do you do? You have the big sponsor of the uh, local uh, little ball club there, the Vibes, that says, we don't like the fact that they're pro-life, so therefore we demand that this family night event get canceled. That's exactly what happened. So let's go around the table and talk about this a little bit. John, thanks for educating us on everything that's happening there with this case. So now we figure out how do we respond as Christians here to the whole cancel culture thing. Roger, let me start with you. Roger Marsh, of course, the People's Republic of California, host of The Bottom Line out there. Okay, Roger, this is like par for the course for you guys out in California uh, to see Christians, conservatives, pro-lifers treated with this level of disrespect. And I I guess, Roger, what, what really makes my eye twitch about all of this is how uh, if you're pro-life, then somehow you're branded as a radical, dangerous extremist on par with the KKK, and we need to cancel you to protect society from the evil that you represent. This is what's so frustrating about this. These people are nothing more than pro-life. Uh, they're not radicals. They're not extremists. They're not even out there protesting. They're just saying, hey, we would recommend that women keep their babies, but we're not going to twist anybody's arm. So your thoughts, your immediate reaction when you see pro-lifers treated this way? Well, you know, it's interesting because you're right. We do, we, we're so used to it here in the People's Republic. I, we should have a curtain or something like this around us because it, it's so isolated and it's all under the guise of tolerance. It's all under the guise of, of acceptance and well, being welcoming and whatever. And, you know, it's interesting in this case especially, two reasons. Personally, I love minor league baseball. I love the names. Uh, you know, you've got the Amarillo Pod Sodders or whatever, and the Rapid City I mean, <laughs> Trash Can Pandas or whatever. I mean, the, the team names are so much fun. Remember uh, Jamie Farr and the whole Toledo Mud Hens obsession on Mass right. back in the day. But it, we've got the Rancho Cucamonga Earthquakes out here, and they, they their baseball. It's a Dodgers Class A affiliate. Guess what the name of their stadium is? It's the Epicenter. Okay, it's fun. I mean, it's just it's it's huh. tons of fun. Sure, but. But then you see something like this come up, and it's like, well, kind of wait a minute. I mean, UC Health has this naming thing, and they do it with the University of Colorado. They've got, I mean, they've, they've spent millions of dollars on this. And the idea, if you look at the initial press release from the Vibes when this first was announced three years ago, they're talking about, well, this is going to be great because we're partnering with Memorial Hospital, which is the only comprehensive stroke center and level one trauma center in all of Southern Colorado. And I'm thinking, well, wait. That's pro-life. We're, we're all about sanctity of life and dignity of life. How is it that a pro-life pregnancy resource center that helps women with free ultrasounds, free pregnancy tests, I mean, and, and shows them the third option that the left doesn't like to talk about, how is it that we get branded as, you know, the, as the bad guys? And yet this is the huge blind spot of the left that we have to somehow poke a hole in, tear a little, you know, fabric in, get a little fissure going in to say, hey guys, we're going to let some light into the darkness that you think is really light. And the reality is, you're the ones who are hate-filled, you're the ones who are unwelcoming. But I think there's a way we could do this in such a way that we don't, you know, you know, when you come in like as a missionary to a different country, and you don't come in and say, well, here are all of our values, so if you just accept our values, then you're going to be fine. I mean, there has to be a way we could bridge the language and communication gap. 
There's got to be. Uh, Neil Boron, of course, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York. Uh, look, you got your own liberalism there taking place in New York, certainly. And uh, just some of your immediate thoughts about something like the, the cancel culture coming after a pro-life group like this. And now they're so unsavory. They're so controversial. They're so evil that we can't. It's like having the KKK sponsoring an event. Well, we can't have that. Uh, just your, I'm just curious your thoughts on this. Just some, you know, off the top of my head kind of thoughts. Number one, how ironic that an organization that champions having babies is somehow bad for family night at a ballpark. I mean, that, <laughs> that doesn't even make right. sense. So it kind of pokes holes in the whole idea that this is even based in reality. I mean, I honestly think that some of this really isn't so much about the fact that, well, the Save the Storks thing, this must be about Christians. We need to shut the Christians down. Oh, there's no doubt there's some of that, and we've seen it a million times over uh, all across the United States. But, you know, to me, I think it has more to do with guilt and shame, honestly, because there's... I've had so many conversations with people who don't respect life, who are part of you know the pro-abortion movement at various marches and rallies and and Operation Rescue events and stuff. And when you get when you start talking to somebody who's got a history of been you know being involved in a past abortion, there's hatred, there's vitriol there. And, and I think what it is, it's a protectiveness to say, look, I don't feel good about what I did. I think what I did was wrong, but I've got to try to everything in my power to make it seem like it was right. And I think that a lot of that drives this kind of thing. Let me also say that that I'm not 100% convinced that there were no Christians involved in this decision. And I have no reason to think there were, but on the other hand, I've also seen that where, you know, sometimes a pastor will counsel someone in his congregation to get an abortion simply to say that, you know, we need to keep the name of Jesus, you know, unsullied by the abortion thing. We need to to protect the name of this church and, and the name of this ministry. It, it actually happens. I mean, we've got black and white pastors uh, welcoming Kathy Hochul, New York governor, into churches right here in western New York yeah. State to say this is the greatest governor we've ever had. She's, you know, she's doing great things for the people of New York State. Yeah, and she's a complete champion for killing babies. Where are you guys coming from? So I, I, I'm, I'm not, I don't know, I have no knowledge whatsoever that anybody would revolve, uh, you know, involved with the Rocky Mountain Vibes or this UC Health organization is in fact a Christian, but I'm not convinced there there isn't somebody either. I, I'm just trying to say, I, I just think this represents lostness. This represents darkness and the very thing that Jesus came to eradicate by bringing his light and his hope into a lost and dying world. And I think as much as this represents an obstacle for Christians, I think it's an opportunity as well. Well, I know this is really blunt, but uh, if you're a pastor and you're afraid to speak up on behalf of the unborn, let alone going to the other extreme and actually inviting and welcoming and rolling out the red carpet for people who are in bed with groups like Planned Parenthood, then my honest opinion is that you are at at best a, a, a biblical coward, okay, and at worst, uh, just just not even remotely Christian in what you're promoting. I would put him in the same category as cowardly pastors 150 years ago that would fight the abolitionists and support slavery, or cowardly pastors from a few decades ago that would support Jim Crow laws in the South. This is obscene, this is wrong, and there's no excuse for any Christian, let alone a Amen. pastor today, to be promoting and supporting abortion under the guise of choice. That is just absolutely inexcusable. And you know something? I believe it needs to be rebuked, Frank. 
frankly, in the body of Christ. And so, uh, anyway, let's uh, let's do this because I also want to ask you guys about pro-life centers themselves and the way that they are being smeared and maligned after the overturning of Roe v. Wade, there's been a full frontal assault on pro-life centers in general. And I think it's a little bit of time for uh, some fact checking. And we're going to do that as well. As we also continue our discussion about how as Christians we should respond to stuff like this. Do we boycott? Do we not boycott? There's just a lot of different things to discuss. We're going to continue that. In the meantime, I do want to remind everybody that Preborn is a great pro-life organization. It is. And I know that a lot of you out there listening to us, you're pro-life. And you would love to see abortions reduced. You're like, well, hey, what can I do? I'm one person. Do you know for $280, you can stop 10 abortions? I'm not kidding. $280 will save 10 babies' lives. Preborn partners with pro-life centers all across the country to show ultrasound images of babies to expectant moms. And they choose life when they see those ultrasound images. It takes an average of $28 to save one baby's life. Hence, $280 saves 10 babies' lives. Plus, it's a tax write-off for you. Plus, 100% of the proceeds go right to funding ultrasounds, nothing for overhead. Is that worth $280 to you? I sure hope so. Here's all you got to do, folks. Just go right now online to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. That's CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And click on the Preborn tab, and you can donate right there. If you want to donate over the phone, you can do that, too. They answer the phones 24-7. Here's a number to call. You can call right now, 833-850-BABY. Donate that $280. If you could do $2,800 and save 100 babies' lives, that would be great. But I also want to say... It takes $15,000 to buy one ultrasound machine. And there are some business owners out there, or maybe those of you that have been financially blessed, you could use that $15,000 tax write-off. Would you prayerfully consider buying one ultrasound machine for preborn? Your legacy will be stopping thousands of abortions. You could do the same thing, okay? CrawfordMediaGroup.net. I just want to remind everybody, too, preborn, last year alone, stopped nearly 44,000 abortions. That's 44,000 babies' lives saved. And along the way, there were just under 8,000 decisions for Jesus Christ. Great way to spend your money, folks. So CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the Preborn tab. We're talking about the Colorado Vibes baseball team in Colorado canceling this family night event because of a complaint about it being sponsored by Save the Storks, pro-life group, uh, just insane. Uh, let's talk about the, the smearing that goes on of pro-life centers. Uh, John, let me ask you about this, first of all. John Rush, Rush Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Um, we saw Senator Elizabeth Warren, Pocahontas, we, we saw her trashing pro-life centers, saying that they uh, provide misinformation, they mislead women, but she also said that they're dangerous, mm -hmm. that the government needs to shut every one of them down. The government needs to shut them down. And she said that they, her words, torture women. And I'm thinking, wow, you have a woman who uh, she's pregnant. She wants to let her baby live, but she can't afford food and diapers and blankets and formula and cribs and everything else. 
And so these pro-life centers provide that for her, free of charge, loving her, caring for her, driving her to uh, doctor's appointments, providing her with prenatal and postnatal care. Again, free of charge. There are thousands of them all across the country. And this is, quote, torturing women. I, I just I find <laughs> it incredible. I really do. It, it actually, Bob, as you know, uh, I, I would go as, as far as to say that knowing some of the Ladies over the years that I have talked to, some on air, a lot off air, and they talk about you know the fact that they had abortions in their past, which, by the way, all of you ladies listening, if that's you and something like that happened to you, there, there is no judgment here on our part. Right. We're here to love you, care for you. You know, Yes, there's forgiveness. Yes, you can move on. And, and you know, on the same token, though, Bob, I know the hurt and the, the devastation that can come later in life from those decisions. So when Elizabeth Warren talks about how, you know, it's cruel and unusual punishment to allow a woman or, you know, to, to, to you know, help a woman have a baby, um, the opposite, I think, could be said when it comes to abortions because most women that really want to get down to and admit later on in life what they did, I, I don't know. I, honestly, Bob, other than some of the quote-unquote celebrities that, that I think are just so misinformed and they're, they're so demented that they would say anything anyways, a true, true lady that loves kids, I, I believe later on in life, would never come back and say, I'm glad I had an abortion. I've, I've not met one yet. Yeah. Roger, your, uh, your thoughts on this. we got about 60 seconds to the bottom of the hour, but in, in those 60 seconds, y- your thoughts on the smearing that, that right now is happening at, uh, against these pro-life centers. Up is down, left is right, good is evil. I mean, we're, we're living in this Orwellian nightmare right now, and it's, just, it's, a, it's amazing to be in the eye of the hurricane and see this happening. The idea that Senator Warren would refer to this as torturous basically shows that her worldview is if you can't get an abortion, then you're being tortured. You've lost all your fundamental rights, and you really may as well not be a woman, even though we don't know how to define who women are. I mean, that, that it's, it's, it's ludicrous, but it's a tremendous, like Neil said, it, it's, it's an obstacle in some op- situations, but it's really an opportunity for those of us who can speak the truth in love to speak the truth in love in this case, and uh, I know we'll dig in deeper on the other side of the break as we get further in the podcast. Well, we are going to. And listen, folks, if you're not able to listen to the second half of this podcast on your regular radio, that's okay. You can listen online. You can go right now to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. All right, that's CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can listen right there. You can also uh, listen to previous episodes as well. Uh, but you can also listen to us wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, and more. And we welcome your five-star reviews. We always appreciate you folks doing that. And so the second half of this National Crawford Brown, uh, Roundtable podcast, we're going to get into more of these discussions about pro-life centers, but then also uh, how should Christians respond? What level of activism should we have uh, in areas like this? The second half is coming up next as we work our way through through this episode. This has been a Crawford Broadcasting production. Continuing the second half of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast with myself, Bob Duco, out of Detroit, with Roger Marsh of the Bottom Line from the People's Republic of California, from Neil, Neil Boron, Neil Boron Live out of Buffalo, New York, John Rush, Rush to Reason out of Denver, Colorado. Uh, we're talking about this story involving the baseball controversy in Colorado, where the Colorado, where the uh, the vibes, the Rocky Mountain vibes, kind of a small baseball team, uh, they caved into pressure and a complaint from their main sponsor, 
uh, UC Health that didn't like the fact that their family night event coming up happened to be sponsored by a pro-life group, Save the Storks. And so family night gets canceled. Wow. All right. And this smear, this attack against pro-life centers. Now, uh, Roger, I want to ask you, out there in California, uh, you, you know this all too well, that there was a lawsuit that happened a while back. We remember when Planned Parenthood got busted selling baby body parts for profit. They were busted on camera doing this. David DeLayden, uh, the pro-life undercover investigative journalist, he busted Planned Parenthood, had them on camera negotiating prices for baby body parts. Uh, but what happens in California, Planned Parenthood, they don't get in trouble. No, it ends up being David DeLayden is the one who got in trouble. And you had the attorney general at the time who launched an investigation into him and his organization, which, by the way, that attorney general at the time, a woman by the name of Kamala Harris. Sound familiar, everybody? But uh, when she left attorney general to become senator, she passed it off to the next attorney general who continued the investigation and brought criminal charges against DeLayden. Uh, who's that? Oh, a guy by the name of Xavier Becerra. Sound familiar? Okay. In the Biden administration now, Health and Human Services. So th there's this, this attack on on pro-life centers, anything that's pro-life. And Roger, I just want to remind everybody, I know you know this all too well, Becerra is also the one who tried to order pro-life centers in California to have to advertise for Planned Parenthood, to have to uh, basically promote and put posters on the wall, letting women come in there to know, hey, here's where you can go to get that abortion. However, Planned Parenthood clinics were not required to advertise to women, hey, if you want to keep your baby, here's where you can go right down the street. So it, it just it does amaze me the double standard at play here in this this effort to somehow paint pro-life centers as something evil. Yeah, it, the, the irony is delicious, especially on that California law, because of the fact that there was no official licensing procedure for the pregnancy resource centers. And, of course, there is a so licensing procedure for Planned Parenthood, and Planned Parenthood and abortion clinics are covered as federally qualified health care clinics. And so that same, you know, that low-income clinic in the tough part of town that provides basic medical services that does get federal funding for doing so, Planned Parenthood's in the same category as that, but the pregnancy resource centers can't get that type of uh, designation. And as a result, yeah, the law was passed, and then it was overturned by the Supreme Court in 2018 that said, hey, look, you can't, I mean, because they were all suing against it, saying, you can't force a pregnancy resource center to have a big sign saying, here's where you can get an abortion. But then if you walk into a Planned Parenthood, they don't have a half a big sign that says, here's where you can get an adoption. George Barna's research on this in the past couple of months is just, it's breathtaking. The number of women who are post-abortive who said, wow, if I had known adoption was an option, I, I would have chosen adoption. It's over 50% of women who had abortions. And they're saying, no one told me. I mean, that's a, the danger to the abortion industry is when you go to a pregnancy resource center, when you contact a preborn or some organization like that, what they're going to tell you is they're going to give you a pregnancy test, they're going to give you an ultrasound, and then they're going to say, here are the three options available to you. Either you right. become a mom, you abort the child, or you release the child for adoption. The abortion industry doesn't want anyone to know that, which is why Pocahontas goes out there and says what she says. Um, it, it's it's a breathtaking time, but it's amazing how when you shed light on what the real truth is, the truth does set you free, even though it kind of sets the demons. It's kind of like 
cold water on the Witch of the West or whatever, you know, the Wizard of Oz, just, they start melting <laughs> into broad daylight because, no, not the truth, right. not the facts, we can't handle it. I mean, but we, but we have them, we're armed with them, it's a pretty powerful weapon. You know what, we really are, which, by the way, Neil, when when we hear words like misleading women, and that's that's the big push right now that these pro-life centers, they have to be shut down, they have to be stopped because they're misleading women, false information, false claims. I challenge anyone, anyone, to give one example of how these pro-life centers are misleading women in any way. They're giving women the full information. It's, If anything else, Neil, I would argue it's Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry that's misleading women because go to Planned Parenthood's website and read their descriptions of what happens during these abortions. They flat out lie. They, 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 they make it sound like it's just, oh, a very simple process. They, they don't inform women at all about the psychological and emotional damage and harm that comes to them. They, don't, they deny that there are dozens and dozens and dozens, of, actually over a hundred of them now, studies showing consistently women who have abortions have dramatically higher incidence of drug addiction, alcohol addiction, anxiety, depression, suicide attempts, and such. This is documented very well, but Planned Parenthood denies this exists, and yet pro-life centers are the ones who are told that they're misleading. It, it really is like Alice in Wonderland these days. When you're talking about little babies born, you know, created in the image of God, many of them are not born because they're aborted before they have a chance to experience life outside the womb. Uh, and especially black babies uh, aborted at an unbelievable mm, rate, then yeah. you're talking about satanic level deception because this is an effort on the part of the enemy to make sure that these children never experience the light of day, uh, never have an opportunity to come to full fruition and ultimately glorify God by the fact that they merely exist on the planet, let alone to someday discover their purpose in God's kingdom. Um, I don't want to over-spiritualize this by simply saying that, that a live baby is somehow a threat to people that uh, that want to put their hope and their uh, trust in things like uh, woman's empowerment, saying that if a woman has a baby, for crying out loud, her life is over. Like, stop and think about that. My wife uh, is a, a pro-life nurse. She's a registered nurse, works at Compass Care, the, the organization that was firebombed here in Buffalo. Just mm. a few days after that firebombing, Governor Kathy Hochul uh, said that there was going to be a full-scale investigation of pro-life pregnancy centers. Not not the people that blow them up, not the people that start them on fire, but but the ones who work at them. You know, we're gonna we're gonna go after the pro-life pregnancy centers. So that was her effort. By the way, there's never been an arrest in that situation, nor has there been an arrest in any of the pro-life pregnancy centers. So you got the FBI right. supposedly and local law enforcement and other people supposedly looking for the people that carry this out. Oh, and we haven't been able to find anyone. How interesting. Um, the bottom line is my wife has had numerous conversations with people. She never tells me their name, never tells me the details of their circumstances, but many times has been told by people, I've been to Planned Parenthood a number of times because I was facing a pregnancy previously or whatever. She said, you guys are the nicest people I've ever encountered, and you talk to us openly and honestly. I didn't know how dangerous it was to go ahead and have an abortion. I didn't know what it was going to look like on the other side of an abortion, facing guilt and shame and remorse and some of the things that came along with it. I don't want to have any more abortions. Thank you for telling me the truth. Thank you for helping me to understand that abortion is a reality, that, uh, I'm sorry, that adoption is a reality, that 
you know, placing my child in a loving home really could happen, uh, and, and that you'll help me with that, or that if I choose to have this baby, you're going to walk alongside me and provide me with all the things that you just described earlier, you know, the diapers and the clothes and the formula and everything else. I literally sat and talked with a woman in Canada uh, on a, in an interview we were doing who said that she was contemplating having an abortion simply because she couldn't see the, the forest for the trees. She couldn't see what the future looked like. How in the world would I ever provide for this baby? What's it going to be like to try to parent a child? I've never been a mom before. Where would the diapers and the clothes and the you know infant formula, where, where's all that going to come from? And as soon as the pro-life organization we were talking about said, we're here to help you with that. We'll walk you through that. We'll be there on the day of your delivery. We'll provide you with these things. She instantly said, I want to have my baby. Um, it was just a matter of providing her with the right information. And man, there's a, a you know Elizabeth Warren and all these other people don't want that information to get out because it's a threat to the abortion industry, the multi-billion-dollar abortion industry that's all about killing right. babies. Yeah, so true. And by the way, can I just say when when you're talking about how still no arrest in the Compass Care uh, firebombing, let me just remind everybody too. And Neil, I know you know this. There have been ever since the Roe v. Wade decision was leaked originally in just the last three months, there have been over one hundred mm-hmm. pro-life pregnancy centers and churches that have been vandalized, attacked through violence, firebombed, over 100 of them, and there is zero arrests that have been made from any of them. And you even have the the anti or the uh, radical pro-abortion group, Jane's Revenge, who's openly, publicly declaring, we claim credit for a bunch of these. They're doing it defiantly, yet Merrick Garland, the Attorney General of the United States and the Biden administration, has not brought one single charge against anybody. Not one person has been arrested. Uh, however, However, in the entire year of 2022, there has been one, count them, one abortion clinic that was firebombed. Now, that was wrong, okay, but a guy went out there, somebody set a fire outside of an abortion clinic in Kalamazoo, Michigan. This was a couple of months ago. Uh, They don't know who it was, but they set a fire out there. Now, this is after hours. No employees were there. Okay, you know something, Merrick Garland, the Department of Justice, the uh, Attorney General, they swooped in FBI investigation. It took them four days to investigate and find out who that person was. He has been arrested. He's been charged. He's facing 20 years in prison. So they can find out who who is firebombing these pro-life centers if they want to. They don't want to. Uh, And by the way, I just. I want to remind everybody, when we talk about these pro-life centers, okay, folks, if you have donated already to Preborn, we thank you for doing that. We do. But if you have not yet, then, hey, let me twist your arm a little bit here, okay? It's for a good cause. This is to stop abortions, to save babies' lives. Remember, it takes $28 a month to save, I'm sorry, $28 one time to save one baby's life on average. That's why we're asking all of you listening right now to donate $280 to Stop 10 Abortions. You donate this to Preborn because Preborn for a long time has been partnered with thousands and thousands of pro-life centers all across the country. And they save babies' lives by showing ultrasound images of babies to expectant moms. And when that mom sees an ultrasound image, she chooses life overwhelmingly. So you stop abortions when you do this. But it also takes money to show these ultrasound images. So 28 bucks times 10, 10 babies' lives, $280. Would you do that right now? 
Here's how easy it is. Just go online. We've had a lot of our listeners doing this over the last several weeks, and we're just asking you to join in. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn tab. CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on Preborn, and you can donate right there online. And 100% of your donation goes to fund ultrasounds. Nothing for overhead. If you want to donate over the phone, you can call right now. They answer the phones 24 hours a day, seven days a week. They're ready for you now at 833-850-BABY. Would you do that now? And don't forget, folks, Preborn, last year alone, saved the lives of 43,669 babies. And along the way, there were 7,986 decisions for Jesus Christ among those moms. Is that worth $280 to save 10 babies' lives? Go right now, folks, uh, CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the Preborn tab. Uh, In talking about the uh, pro-life centers in this country, and ultimately we're going to bring this discussion back around to Christian activism and how we respond uh, with cancel culture. But before we do, a couple final things on the on the pro-life centers. Uh, and, and John, I'd love to get your take on this. John Rush rushed reason out of Denver, Colorado. Uh, when Neil was talking about Compass Pregnancy Center, where his wife works, and still no arrest in mm-hmm. any of these, yet just in four days, the one, count them one, Planned Parenthood clinic that was wrongly firebombed, they found that guy's facing 20 years in prison. Uh, I'll be honest with you, it is very frustrating. We trust in Jesus. We know that. Our hope and our faith and our trust is in him. Okay, I get that. Uh, But I got to admit, as an American, as a human being, it is extremely frustrating to see this kind of double standard under the law, this unequal justice under the law, and this attacking of mm-hmm. the the good guys here, making them out to be the evil people. Planned Parenthood gets a pass, and the pro-life centers get trashed and smeared. And, and they can even be attacked, and there's no protection for them under the law. Right. It, it, we've entered into a day and age, we've talked about this before, but... The rule of law, unfortunately now, guys, only applies to certain individuals or certain groups of people and does not apply equally across the board. You just said it all, Bob. If they really wanted to find who did this, could they? Absolutely. I mean, let's face it. Uh, you know, they've rounded up people uh, that were in a mass crowd at the you know January 6th event. I mean, we can go on down the list of different things that they've been able to do. You, you cannot tell me that they can't find who does these fire bombings. You know, people talk. We, we, I mean, no offense. If the four of us got after it, we could probably within a month's time do it ourselves yeah. if we had to. This is not that difficult to figure out. But yet, you know, the powers that be, frankly, to your point, Bob, they just don't care. They, they have no intention of finding the folks that do this. I know. Uh, you know, Roger, I want to, before we get to the Christian activism part of this discussion and how we respond to stuff like this, Uh, I want to ask you a question as a pastor. You and Neil are both pastors. Neil brought up something earlier about for women who have had an abortion, you know, we're not targeting them. And, you know, you you as well, certainly, Roger. Uh, I think this is an important thing to remind maybe women listening to us. When we go after as aggressively as we do the abortion industry, that we are not 
heaping coals of condemnation on women who have had an abortion, recognize that that was wrong, they regret that decision, they feel guilt, they've gone before the Lord, repented. It's important, I think, that these women understand that there is forgiveness through Jesus Christ. And I, quick anecdote, I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but I just want to bring it up again now, Roger, and get your take. Uh, I was going on on my show one time, I was going on one of my rants against the abortion industry and the lies and, and talked about how abortion is murder. And scripture makes it clear that it's murder. Exodus 21, especially eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth is referring to God's punishment for someone causing harm to an unborn baby. Read Exodus 21. So, uh, but in doing this, I remember a, a lady called into my show and she had had an abortion like 15, 20 years prior. And she was crying because she was so racked with guilt. And I was trying to explain to her that she's forgiven through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, that, that she does not need to walk in condemnation. And, and I remember she said, I know God forgives me, but I just can't forgive myself. And I, I know this sounds a little bit harsh, but I, I said to her, are your standards really higher than God's? And she's like, well, no, of course not. And I said, well, if God's standard is that you're forgiven and your standard is you can't be forgiven, then you're placing your standards above God's. You need to place your standards below God's and accept the forgiveness that he gave you. Uh, and I do think it's important, as Neil said earlier, and Roger, maybe if you could address that also as as a pastor, the importance for women to know that there really truly is forgiveness in Jesus Christ and that we are not attacking them for the sins of their past any more than we want to attack each other for our own sins of our past. You know, I, you, I couldn't say it any better, Bob, and one of the things that we are seeing in the pro-life community um, that I think is very, very helpful is the fact that, as Neil was talking about, the, the young woman who uh, facing a pregnancy that was unplanned, uh, you know, not knowing where the next meal was going to come from, that type of stuff. And you wonder how many women make the decision simply because of financial reasons and, oh, by the way, no one told me I had an option. And then when you meet women who are post-abortive who say, oh, my gosh, what did I do? I, have no, I, I, just, I, I had no idea what I was doing. One of the things that we in the body of Christ and in the pro-life community can really bring to that equation is that Romans verse where we talk about there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And I think part of the, 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 the message that we have to do a better job of presenting to people is we condemn people who are willfully killing children. We condemn people who are facilitating this. We condemn the act of abortion altogether. But there is forgiveness and there is no condemnation for someone who is in Christ who can receive that kind of forgiveness. And that's an important message for us to understand because all four of us are passionately pro-life and very, very powerfully, you know, angrily against the, the forces in this world that would seek to, you know, do anything other. And the fact that the Elizabeth Warrens of this world and the Kamala Harris's and Xavier Becerra's are out there trying to vilify organizations that are actually trying to do some good for people who are facing unplanned pregnancies. And we haven't even talked about sex education and the whole concept of, you know, that you've got a whole generation of people who seem to think that they can have sex whenever they want to. And what do you mean I got pregnant? You know, I mean, it just, we, we think we've conquered all of that. There's so much misinformation, but the, the more we preach the message of love and forgiveness and no condemnation for the acts that happen, I mean, you can't go back and change the past, but the beautiful thing that God does for us in the moment of salvation is, says, look, Jesus paid the penalty for your sin. 
So the sin itself is paid for, that debt is paid in full, but then washes it away, you know, and ironically washes it away with his blood. And anyone who's ever tried to get blood out of a garment knows how ridiculous it sounds to say, the blood of Jesus is washing away my sin and it's going to be whiter than snow because physically that can't happen, but spiritually it can happen. And I've seen it happen, you know, and, and prayed with so many women who are post-abortive who said, wow, thank you. I have not heard this message in the church before. All I've heard is abortion's right. bad, abortion's wrong, and if you had an abortion, you're bad and you're wrong too. And that's a it's a cognitive dissonance that I think we can be much more mindful of, and, and I'm glad you brought this up. That's a very good point. Uh, all right, uh, we're going to spend our last few minutes talking about then how, as Christians, we should respond to the cancel culture and the attacks on pro-lifers and Christians and such. Uh, how do we approach the question of Christian activism, potential civil disobedience. Uh, how angry should we be? We're going to dive into all of that in our last few minutes. Uh, in the meantime, I do just want to ask everybody one more time to please, please prayerfully consider donating to preborn. And let's let's take some action, okay? Let, let's actually save babies' lives, not just give words, but let's give money too, okay? $28 stops one abortion. That's the average price through preborn. $280 stops 10. We're asking everybody to do $280. And if you can do more than that, do $2,800 and stop 100 abortions, whatever you can afford to do. But it's this simple. Go to CrawfordMediaGroup.net. You can go there right now. CrawfordMediaGroup.net. Click on the Preborn tab and donate whatever you can. 100% of the proceeds go right to funding ultrasounds. Zero to overhead, okay? So let's save some babies' lives. Crawford Media Group. Dot net, click on the preborn tab, and remember, showing ultrasound images of babies to the expectant moms, those moms choose life. They got to see the image. These are the images of Planned Parenthood is trying to keep the mom from seeing. Preborn is letting the mom see them, but it takes money to do that. So CrawfordMediaGroup.net, click on the preborn tab, donate now if you would. Spending our last few minutes on this uh, National Crawford Roundtable podcast as we talk about. Uh, the unborn pro-life centers, the great work that they do. And this kind of brings us back full circle to where we started uh, this discussion. Uh, what launched this is what's what's happened in Colorado, where this uh, Rocky Mountain Vibes baseball team, where they canceled the Family Night event. Why? Because the Family Night event happened to be sponsored by uh, organizations like Save the Storks, Pikes Peak Citizens for Life, uh, these pro-life groups sponsoring the event. They weren't protesting. They weren't causing disruption. They merely financially was like, hey, we, we will sponsor the event. We'd like to have our name there, too. Uh, nope, you got UC Health that has uh, uh, naming rights, you know, kind of the largest sponsor, if you will, of the baseball team. They say, nope, we don't like that, and so Family Night's got to get canceled. And there comes a point Whereas Christians, as pro-lifers, we say enough is enough, uh, which then begs the question, how do we respond? Uh, do we be angry? Well, I think so. Okay, there is such a thing as righteous anger. Jesus got angry, but he didn't sin. Scripture doesn't say anger is a sin. It says, in your anger, do not sin. So there's a point you can go beyond in the way that you handle your anger that can become sin. Uh, so does there come a point where it's time to overturn some tables and chase some people out with a whip? 
how do we look at this? John, let me start with you. This all, The whole discussion started in your backyard here. True. Uh, how do we respond when, uh, when we see this kind of stuff happening more and more where we're being targeted, smeared, lied about? Uh, I, I mean, look, I thought it was a very noble cause during the civil rights movement when you had black people being told we're denying you service we're denying you the right to vote we're denying it's like no we're going to you know we're going to support the march across the Edmund Pettus bridge we're going to support uh, the defiance of people like Rosa Parks does there come a point where we need to engage in some kind of defiance to demand our rights as American citizens the way the Apostle Paul demanded his rights as a Roman citizen in Acts chapter 16 or do we just need to let it go and move forward? How do we no. handle stuff like this? No, we, we have to. I mean, I've said this in, in previous podcasts. It's high time that we started standing up for what we know is right, what we believe in, whether it be, you know, the rule of law being a, applied equally or in this particular case. And I actually, I did ask, you know, Save the Storks exactly, you know, what should people do in response to this? And, and you know, th- their statement was, you know, each person has to do what they feel is necessary. We're, you know, we're not going to tell people what to do, but... Also, you know, a lot of those folks asking for their money back, writing letters to the organization, you know, you know, demanding uh, an outright, you know, apology for what happened. And, and, you know, again, just just expressing in this particular case, because it is a private organization, but expressing your disappointment, I guess you could say, in the fact that, you know, until you guys, you know, I, this is what I would say, until you guys get things straightened out, I'll never attend another ball game. I mean, the reality is until people start standing up in a lot of cases, guys, with your wallets, and I'm not a big boy guy. I'm more of a soft boycott, not a large boycott guy. But I do think people need to start speaking up and in a lot of cases speak with their wallets because believe me, in this country, that matters. Yeah, well, it does. Uh, Let's go around the table. Uh, Neil, your thoughts. Neil Boron, how do we respond? Uh, You know, the Apostle Paul, as I mentioned, he demanded his rights as a Roman citizen in Acts chapter 16. Does there come a point where we as Christians say, look, we're Americans, we have a constitution, and we are demanding our rights? How do we, how do we handle stuff like this? Well, I think that all pro-life Americans should exercise their right as American citizens to stand up as American citizens and demand equal rights. Um, I know I'm talking in a circular fashion, but the reality is, uh, here's how I'm seeing this. I see this as a tremendous opportunity for political activism on the part of those who love liberty, who love freedom, and love the United States of America. And that I think we ought to stand up. And and if our Christianity is what helps to inform us on that point, then let's go for it. But I want to make this one distinction. Here's where I'm coming from on it. You know, Jesus hanging on the cross, uh, an innocent man, never did anything wrong to anybody, uh, suffered and died on behalf of those who were spitting on him, mocking him, insulting him and said, Father, forgive them, and and then ultimately laid his life down for them. And out of that death came opportunity for life for all sinners, myself included, all of us included. We get that. And I'm not trying to over-spiritualize this, but I also think that sometimes when these kinds of things happen, we say, well, you know, that's an infringement upon my rights as a Christian, and I'm an American citizen, and you did this because I'm a Christian and I have pro-life values. That's probably true. But sometimes 
out of those difficulties arise opportunities for greater good. I mean, like if, if 3,000 people were coming to this game and it was going to be one of their biggest, most highly attended games, um, they didn't get an opportunity to be exposed to this information. But if this story goes viral and as a result, 3 million people get confronted with the truth, then maybe God brings a greater good out of it. And I just don't want to ever discount what God might be doing. Uh, because sometimes when we pray, God says yes. Sometimes when we pray, he says no. And other times he says, wait, but the reality is we don't always get our way here on planet Earth. We're ultimately not citizens of this planet. And our most important thing we can do is represent Christ well, which means bringing light into darkness and despair, representing the truth however we can. I'm not opposed to doing what John suggested. You know, it would definitely make me think twice about going back to the ballpark if people who believe what I believe are going to be treated that way. But I don't think it should be the driving force. As Americans, yes, as Christians, I think love needs to be the guide, the guiding force, and sometimes love is means speaking hard truth into people's lives, uh, saying no to certain things, being ostracized, uh, being cut off, being marginalized, and if you know if if those things happen, let's remember our reward is in heaven. That's how I see it. Sure, uh, Roger. Maybe you could give us a final word on this, Roger Marsh. Uh, I mean, Neil's certainly right. We don't know what God may be doing in circumstances like this. But keep in mind, if something like this goes viral and a bunch of people hear about it, well, they also heard about it because Christians have raised their voices. So we're talking about it on this podcast. That there's enough of us stand up and say, "No, enough is enough. We're not going to just stay quietly and allow this to be swept under the rug. We're we're kind of going to act like Apostle Paul in Acts chapter 16. No, you tell the magistrates to come out here and escort me out personally. You can't deny me my rights as a Roman citizen. I don't think there's anything wrong with that kind of Christian activism. Well, you know, it's interesting because here in the People's Republic, we had a fast food chain years ago uh, that was run by a guy by the name of Carl Karcher. Perhaps you've heard of Carl's Jr. and then the Hardy's franchise and Mm -hmm, stuff like that. Carl Karcher, pro-life Catholic. He and his wife had 12 children. Uh, They were very passionately pro-life, not obnoxiously pro-life, but just very passionately pro-life. I used to work at a company called Ambassador Advertising that produces a lot of programming that we carry on all of our Crawford stations. And Ambassador's headquarters at the time were near the Carl's Jr. headquarters. So we used to go eat at the main Carl's Jr. restaurant on a fairly regular basis there in Anaheim. And there was always somebody out there with a sign, you know, Carl Karcher hates women and blah, 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 blah. And meanwhile, sometimes when Carl was alive, he'd walk around the restaurant and hand out free Famous Star coupons. You know, It was kind of neat to see if you get your lunch gone. But at one point, he gave an interview to the local newspaper, and he said, hey, you know what? Um, I understand people do this. And he says, Here, you want to get my attention? Please don't protest in front of my store. Just stop buying my hamburgers. If you stop buying my hamburgers, that's going to get my attention a lot faster than people. People who are eating here don't care. So don't mess it up for them. I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. But I think so, you know, in terms of, you know, letting the sponsors know, hey, we're really disappointed this happened and we're not going to buy your stuff anymore, I think is very, very helpful. When it comes to the rights, though, I also, you know, I kind of dovetail off of what Neil said. It, it's, it's yes, it's Paul, a Roman citizen, but it's also Paul saying, if your enemy's hungry, give him something to eat. I mean, when it comes right down to it, I, the thing that I was so surprised about in this case was the fact that here's Matt Hammett and his son Bowen, and Bowen born with this rare heart condition that literally left the left side of his heart you know inoperable and had to have three surgeries i mean he was they were told that this kid would not live more than just a few years he's now 12 and he Mm -hmm. was going to be at the event i mean i'm thinking if i'm uc health i'm all over this story right i mean saying look at uc health is so happy to welcome matt and bowen hammett and instead some you know button pusher some bean counter in the back says oh it's one of those anti-abortion groups that we do abortions at uc health so therefore we can't see our the, we're going to cut off our nose to spite our face 
this is a golden opportunity to you know say look right wise we get it we're not going to be obnoxious about it but you know we do have the right to to not buy your stuff and to let people know why we're not doing it but this is also a huge teachable moment for even just one person at uc health who might see yeah. the, the the message of salvation and the true gospel being played out here it's all in the way we present it yeah very good point well, uh, folks, we always appreciate you listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. Uh, we thank you for being with us. Don't forget, you can listen to past episodes as well by going to crawfordmediagroup.net or you can listen to us at Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, wherever you listen. If you want to watch video of the podcast, you can do that at myhopenow.com. And John Rush, Roger Marsh, Neil Boron, myself, Bob Duco. Guys, always great catching up with you. Looking forward to next week. Likewise. Thanks, Bob. You bet. Thanks a lot. Thanks for listening, everybody. God bless. You've been listening to the National Crawford Roundtable podcast, a view of today's culture through a biblical lens, brought to you by Preborn, saving babies and souls. Join us in the fight to save babies from abortion. Your gift provides a free ultrasound for a mother in need. 80% of the time, she will choose life. Visit CrawfordMediaGroup.net and click on the Preborn logo to save babies now. You can download this podcast from Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more from your local Crawford Media Group station or at CrawfordMediaGroup.net. And you can watch video of the podcast at MyHopeNow.com. Please give this podcast a five-star rating on your Apple app and look for the notification on your app for when the next weekly edition of the National Crawford Roundtable podcast is ready for you to download. This has been a Crawford Media Group production.